0: How are you? Good. If you didn't catch my name before, I'm Troy uh, and you're here for the first time. It is wonderful to have you here. I'm going to pray and then we're going to get into this really cool parable. God, our Father, we thank you for giving us your word. We thank you that it shows us who we are and what we are like and it shows us who you are and what you are like. And so we ask that as we look at this wonderful parable of Jesus, that you would help us to see your grace and your mercy and your holiness and our need for you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you're here for the first time tonight, then you won't know me very well. But don't worry about that, because I'm going to share a couple of things with you that I really, really love And many people in this room might not know those things, and you might not expect that I would love these things. So here we go. Number one, you might not expect that I love Robbie Williams. I find Robbie Williams songs extremely catchy. I listen to them when I go for runs. I don't pay for them on iTunes. I go to Vinnie's stores and Savo's stores, and I go to the second-hand CD section, and any Robbie Williams CD that I don't own yet, I buy for $3. (coughs) Number two, you might not expect that I love dinosaurs. (coughs) The kid in me, whenever I'm at the shops, gravitates towards the dinosaur toy section. Whenever I see them, I just want to go and pick them up and see what they do and press all the buttons. You might not expect that I've spent countless hours on my iPhone playing Jurassic Park Builder. (laughs) Naomi's laughing because she knows it well. Countless hours feeding dinosaurs and uh, expanding my park and hatching new species. Call me weird, but I love it. Number three, you might not expect that I love documentaries, especially documentaries about nature and outer space and especially documentaries by David Attenborough. Put your hand up if you agree. Nice. You might not expect that my TV recorder at home is set to record documentaries every Tuesday night. And then, when I have spare time, I watch them by myself. (laughs) But today, we're looking at one of my favourite passages, my favourite parables from Jesus. Why do I love this parable? I love this parable because Jesus tells us something unexpected. Just like you might not have expected me to like Robbie Williams or dinosaurs or documentaries, in our passage today, Jesus says some unexpected things. Often Jesus didn't do what his audience expected from him. He would say and do things that left people shocked. And that's what Jesus does in this parable. He tells us a story with an unexpected but deeply important point to take home. But before we get into the parable, the actual story, Luke gives us, in this passage, Luke gives us an indication of who Jesus is talking to. Jesus had a particular audience in front of him. Who was that audience? Well, it says in verse 9, have a look, he was speaking to some who trusted in themselves, that they were righteous and looked down on everyone else. We all know that person, don't we? The person who, for whatever reason, thinks that they're better than everyone else. You can kind of hear it in the way that they speak and see it in their actions. For example, the Mac user who thinks he's better than the PC user. When in reality, Macs only really got good when they started stealing stuff from PCs. Ooh, I know I've offended some people. You know the guy on the train who sits with his MacBook open doing his work and then his iPad next to him flicking through the newspaper and then he picks up his iPhone to send his iMessages and then he he looks across at you from the carriage and says, with this glare in his eye, Oh, you, you use a PC, do you? I'm sorry about that. Well, Jesus told a particular story to a particular audience, to people who were kind of like that Mac user, kind of like people who were self-righteous, who thought themselves better than others. Not all Mac users are like that. But these people that Jesus was talking to, they they thought they were the more religious people and that everyone else was less moral than them. And so with this particular audience in mind, Jesus tells us this parable. How will he connect with these people? What story will he tell them? Well, the first thing that Jesus does is introduce us to two very different people. Have a look at verse 10. Two men went up to the temple complex to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Straight away, Jesus introduces us to two very, very different people, a Pharisee and a tax collector. And it's important to know a little bit about each of them. What is a Pharisee? A Pharisee was a Jewish religious figure. Pharisees were experts and teachers of the Jewish law. It was their job to study it and to obey it and to help other people to do the same. And so people looked up to them. People looked up to them. They were seen as the upright, respected people in the community. They were local heroes. But it was a very, very different story for the tax collector. What were they like? Well, a tax collector was more like a local villain. Tax collectors worked for the Roman government, who at this time ruled over the Jewish people. They would collect taxes from their own people and give it to the Roman government. And then, sometimes they would also overcharge and skim the money off the top for themselves. And so you can guess what people think about tax collectors. They hated them. They thought they were the scum of the earth. What kind of a person changes sides and starts collecting taxes from his own people to give to their oppressors? and then benefits financially from it themselves. And so Jesus has already started to catch the attention of the people in his audience. They like the respectable Pharisee, and they hate the slimy tax collector. You can always hear the crowd cheer every time the Pharisee is mentioned, and then boo and hiss every time the tax collector is mentioned. Who do they identify with more? The Pharisee. They trust in their own righteousness and they look down on people like tax collectors. So Jesus introduces us to these two men. But he doesn't just tell us who they are. He tells us what they do. What do they do? They go to the temple to pray. And Jesus is really, really interested in telling us how both of these men prayed. So have a look at me with what the details that Jesus gives us. First of all, he tells us about the Pharisee. In verse 11, the Pharisee takes his stand. You can imagine as he walked in, people were watching. People's eyes are on him because they look up to him. They're waiting to see what he will do, what he will say, what he will pray about. And here's what he says in verse 11. God... I thank you that I am not like other people, greedy, unrighteous, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I get. What does the Pharisee pray? God thanks that I'm so awesome. Thanks that I'm so full of awesomeness, unlike all those other less awesome people than me. He thanks God that he's not like other people. Thank you that I'm not greedy, that I don't desire more and more and more all the time. Thank you that I'm not unrighteous, that I lead an upright life. Thank you that I'm not an adulterer. I don't cheat on my wife. Thank you that I'm not like this tax collector who steals from his own people. Thank you, God, that I'm not like other people. And if I was one of the people listening to Jesus tell this story, I think at this point I could be thinking, wow, that's impressive. This guy is impressive. Jesus is talking about quite an impressive man. Jewish law only required you to fast once a year. But this guy fasts twice a week. Jewish law only requires you To give 10% of some of your particular crops. But this guy, he gives 10% of everything. Money, food, crops, even the herbs in his garden. This guy is moral. And he goes over and above in his generosity to the Lord. That's impressive, right? Surely God must be pleased with this guy. But by painting this picture of the Pharisee, Jesus starts to raise the question in in people's minds. Even if everything that this this Pharisee says is true, is this the right way to come before God? But what about the tax collector? Let's have a look at what Jesus says about him. Have a look at verse 13. The tax collector... He's standing far off. The tax collector, he won't even look up. He couldn't bear to look towards God. He kept striking his chest over and over and over. And then the tax collector completes this sad picture as he opens his mouth and quietly utters, God, turn your wrath from me a sinner. Here is a man broken in spirit, a man full of sadness and regret at the things that he has done, desperate and in need of God's mercy. He admits he's not good enough for God. He knows he deserves God's righteous anger and judgment, and so he beats his chest in mourning and asks for God to have mercy on him. And at this point, Jesus' audience could have been thinking, yes, Jesus, tax collectors are evil. Yes, they are filthy sinners, aren't they? Isn't it good that we're not like them? Isn't it good that we're more like the Pharisee? But Jesus doesn't finish there. With, with the audience sitting in reflection on the picture that Jesus has paint has painted of these two men, Jesus interprets his story for us. Jesus gives us the point of the parable. And what he says is unexpected. Have a look at verse 14. I tell you, this one went down to his house justified rather than the other. Jesus says, this sinful tax collector was the one who was pleasing to God rather than the Pharisee. And at that point, you can imagine Jesus' audience thinking, what? How can you say that, Jesus? Imagine their reactions. Imagine the look on their face as they realize what Jesus is saying. Imagine the gasps. Imagine the the uncomfortable shuffling in the seat. How can Jesus say that? How can Jesus say that a tax collector the worst of sinners who steals from his own people will be pleasing to God. Jesus gives us the reason in the next part of verse 14. Because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Contrary to what Jesus' audience expected, it was the humble tax collector who was pleasing to God and not the Pharisee. Why? Because all those people who are proud before God, God will humble them. And all those people who humble themselves before God, God will exalt them. There will come a day when God judges every person who has ever lived And he judges every thought and every action that has ever been said or done or thought. And the Bible is very clear. On that day, no one measures up. No one is righteous. All people sin. No one deserves God's acceptance. Instead, all people deserve his wrath and anger. All of us have exalted ourselves. And deserve to be humbled in punishment, both the Pharisee and the tax collector, both you and me. Jesus is saying to his audience, those people who think they are righteous, you are the Pharisee. You think you can earn your righteousness. You think that you are pleasing to God. You are like the Pharisee, proud before God. But that's not all that Jesus is saying. The other side of the coin is the wonderful news of the gospel. The gospel that Jesus brings forgiveness to the sinner. Jesus Jesus brings forgiveness to the humble sinner. Those who recognize their need before God and ask that God would turn away his wrath from them. How does Jesus do that? How does Jesus bring forgiveness to the sinner? Well, it's because Jesus was humbled for us. Jesus was humbled so that we could be exalted. Jesus, the one who never ever sinned, who always pleased God, took the punishment for sinners who have never pleased God. As he was crucified and died... The Bible tells us God's wrath was turned from from us onto Jesus. How does Jesus bring forgiveness to the sinner? By dying in our place. By paying the penalty for sin. Yours and mine on that cross. And so when, like that tax collector, we humbly recognize that we are sinners who need need God to turn his wrath away from us, Jesus said, God forgives us. God exalts us by making us righteous in his sight. God lifts us up from being his enemies to being his friends. And so Jesus brings forgiveness to the humble sinner. So the tax collector was the one who went home pleasing to God rather than the proud Pharisee. And so the question that Jesus poses to us in this passage today is, how do you come before God? What is your attitude towards the creator of the universe who made you and whom you have sinned against? Are you like the Pharisee? who comes before God with a proud heart? Or are you like the tax collector, who comes humbly and prays for mercy? Now, I know for a fact that none of us are Pharisees. And as far as I know, none of us are tax collectors, at least not tax collectors like this tax collector in this passage. But I think that there are a couple of ways that people in our city and people in this room are like the Pharisee, or like the tax collector. And so, maybe you're here, and you have never humbled yourself before God. But tonight, Jesus' words in this parable have resonated with you. Like that tax collector, you have realized your sin, you have realized that you are not pleasing to God, and you want to do something about that. You need to humbly come before God pray for mercy. And to help you to do that, I've put a prayer on, your, on the bottom of your outline. And it says this. Dear God, I recognize that you are judge of all people and that you see what people's hearts are really like. I humbly admit I am a sinner under your wrath. I am in need of your salvation. I'm sorry for exalting myself before you. Please forgive me. Thank you that Jesus died and rose again in my place so that I can be forgiven and have the hope of eternal life. Help me to live a life of humility before you always. And in a moment, I'm going to pray that prayer. And so if that's you, and you have realized tonight you are a sinner who needs God's mercy, then please pray that prayer with me with all of your heart. And when you do, know that Jesus brings forgiveness to the humble sinner. Know that you are totally forgiven and pleasing to God because that's because Jesus has done everything for you. He has died in your place. But maybe you're here and you, like the Pharisee, you rely on your good works. You rely on your religiousness, perhaps, to be pleasing to God. Maybe you've grown up in a religious family or you've lived a relatively good life. Today, Jesus calls you to see that you are in need of salvation. Like the Pharisee, you are proud before God and you need to humble yourself like the tax collector. And if that's something that you want to do, then when I pray that same prayer in a moment... Make that prayer your own. And know in your heart that God has forgiven because Jesus brings forgiveness to the humble sinner. But for many of us in this room, like the tax collector, we, we have humbly recognized before God our sin and our need before him. We've received the forgiveness that Jesus brings. But we need to be reminded by Jesus tonight That it's the tax collector who goes home pleasing before God and not the Pharisee. It's not as if when you become a Christian, that's when you're humble and then in time you graduate and become more like the Pharisee. No, we never cease to need God's mercy. The Christian life is one of continual repentance, continual humility before God. It's God's job to exalt us and not ours. And so our job is to humbly recognize our sinfulness and our need for his forgiveness and to be thankful for that. As I work for church uh, full-time, my temptation is to think that my performance is the things that I do that make me pleasing towards God. But I need to remember that it's Jesus. It is Jesus who has brought me forgiveness not me and my performance. And if you have been a Christian for any length of time, then my guess is you are like me. And we need to ask ourselves that question. When am I tempted to be proud before God? But the last group of people in this room that I think Jesus speaks to is the atheists. Jesus speaks to the atheist who does not know that his atheism is pride before God. Perhaps you're here and you say, I don't believe that there is a God who will judge us. I don't believe there's a God who will humble people or exalt people or do any of that stuff. Jesus says tonight that you are the atheist version of this Pharisee who is so proud before God that you will not acknowledge that he exists and humble yourself before him. And so before you reject what Jesus says in this passage, please think very carefully about the consequences. Because if this is true, which it is, then your decision has serious consequences. Jesus brings forgiveness to the humble sinner, but God judges the proud sinner, whether or not he believes in God or not. Please hear Jesus' words. Please hear his serious warning and humble yourself before him so that you can know the forgiveness that Jesus brings. Well, Whichever person you are, whichever category you fit in, whether you're like the Pharisee or the tax collector, it's my prayer that we all come humbly before God tonight. And So let's do that with the prayer that has been written down for you on your outlines. And if you want to pray, if you want this to be your prayer and it's your prayer for the first time, then please pray it with me in your heart and mind and at the end say amen with me. Let's pray. Dear God, I recognize you are judge of all people and that you see what people's hearts are really like. I humbly admit that I am a sinner under your wrath. I am in need of your salvation. I'm sorry for exalting myself before you. Please forgive me. Thank you that Jesus died and rose again in my place so that I can be forgiven and have the hope of eternal life. Help me to live a life of humility before you always. Amen.